I'm Nicola Tikiri and welcome to my shop, Nicola. Here I have uh, the capes that I make. Most of them are uh, inspired by different things. Currently I'm focusing on taneko patterns, so I'm using that a lot on the capes that I've designed. Nicola Tikiri is Ngai Tuhoi. She is from Waimana in the Eastern Bay of Plenty, but she resides in Hamilton. She's a small business owner and designs capes, jewellery and lamps, each one with its own twist of Māori-inspired patterns. As part of reaching customers, she attends festivals and various events around the country. Her custom-made mobile shop, modelled on a coffee cart, is a perfect fit for her business. When it comes to her market, Nicola says her product is different to other designs. I used to say that my uh, unique selling proposition or selling point is that I'm, I'm Māori, but like you said, there's a few Māori um, jewellers and designers out there. But I suppose it's the way I interpret um, the kōrero that I want to say and the medium that I use. Yet we, there's a few of us that make jewellery, but my patterns and designs um, are different and the way I do things are different to the others. And we join Waikato Innovation Park's business growth advisor, Kahurangi Taylor. It's okay to commercialise and it's okay to make money because I think a lot of businesses, um, particularly Māori businesses in the early stages, are afraid of look, being looked at as greedy. Um, so it's okay to make money, you know, and, and make as much as you can. And at the end of the day, you know, people want outcomes for whānau and increasing your household income is never going to be a bad thing. This week on Tiahika, we wrap up our series about Māori enterprise. Iaku nui, iaku rahi tēnei te mihi kauatu ki a koutou katoa, kua are are mai o koutou tāringa ki tēnei kaupapa. This is Tiahika, I'm Justine Murray. Nicola Takiri has a mobile shop. It looks like a caravan, except it's retail-friendly with two entryways. There's a shop counter and display cases. Everything has its place. Was it custom-made for you? Oh, the shop? Yeah. yeah. Um, she was. Yeah, she was custom-made. She's a she. But what it was is I... Because um, I go to a lot of markets, and I also don't have a retail space in Hamilton. Yeah. So I thought, well, how can I do both and have something that is mine that I can possibly take to markets, but I can also that I can also park up in Hamilton and have at one place where people can come and know where I am. At Titiko Racecourse, the locals are hosting the biannual Matatua Regional Kapaka competition, and it's here before a busy day ahead that we sit down for a chat. Tell us a bit about your business. I make contemporary Māori uh, arts, or I call it designs actually, contemporary Māori designs, and I make specifically jewellery, clothing and lamps. I've always been creative, I was really creative at high school, and from that I've always had a love to making things, and I got to a point in my life, um, I think when I had just had my second baby, that I thought I really want to work for myself. And it actually started, that was like the little spark, and from there that was like, oh, 10, 15, no, 14 years ago, it was that little spark, and from there I've just grown, it 
came to a point where I was making stuff. It's always been a ho- it was a hobby for a while. So you made it for family. You made it as Christmas presents, or did you actually make them to? Yeah, it was being a tattoo, making stuff for people, and creating things. Yeah, just along the way, and I've just built it up. Like started off with little small earrings to start off with, and then yeah, I've just I, I kind of benchmark. So I make it, and I think, oh yeah, I can do that now. What else can I do? Nicola would head out to op shops, buy jewellery, pull it apart, reconstruct it, and then on-sell it. When she came back to New Zealand from Australia, she leaned into Māori design. She was inspired by a course at a Waikato marae. I started at uh, Kirikiriro Marae. Yeah, and they have um, to, they have a like a kura there that and a fano that run things, and I really got into my Māori art side when I was there. Nicola's education background included study at Auckland University of Technology, and I did a bachelor of spatial design. In a nutshell, it's pretty much designing for a three-dimensional space. I uh, majored in furniture. Oh my goodness. I know, all over the place, aren't your, I? Your little pop-up kiosk thing that we're going to talk about soon, um, I noticed that you're, you're making lamps. So yes. that kind of fits in with the whole furniture. Yeah, homewares kind, homewares of, kind of interior design stuff. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about that degree. So you make t- armchairs and couches and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, I did actually. I um, well, not in my final year I did the furniture more so, but when I was going through spatial design, it was just learning about designing for a brief. So, like, a client would come to you, have these requirements, and you'd design different products. And our projects ranged from um, event design through to lighting design, and I, you kind of get a taste for all these different things, interior design, architectural design, and I branched off into furniture because I really liked that. And so... From there, you eventually did you go to Australia? Yeah. So you went to Aussie for how many years did you go there for? I was there for six years. Yeah, lived over there. Uh, <laughs> my plan was to go from New Zealand to Australia, from Australia to New York. Yeah, and I, would, I wanted to get into the interior design side of things and creating spaces and installations and three-dimensional art. But uh, you it didn't happen on the that career way. pathway sort of thing <laughs> yeah. as a designer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I was. In Australia, were you thinking in Māori designs at that time? Or how did you reconnect to what um, you have today? Yes and no, I think because I'm Māori, I've always got that influence in my mahi. But it wasn't real strong um, when I was in Australia. My stuff was more so about being being Māori, but making things that were aesthetically pleasing and things that had multifunctions. So it wasn't real specific about Māori. It wasn't until I came back. That I was yeah hearty into all oh, let's let's tell these stories and these learnings that I've um, learnt along the way. A theme throughout Nicola's designs is Matariki, the nine stars of the cluster, being Waiti, Waita, Tupuanuku, Tupuarangi, Waipunarangi, Hiwaiterangi, Pohutukawa, Ururangi, and Matariki. Here she talks about how that theme is woven into her garments and designs. Like I had learnt the corridor of the nine stars of Matariki from Dr. Rangimata Moa, and I really love that Kopapa got like into the research and had good conversations with him as well. 
and developed uh, stories or took away the stories that he would tell me about it and made that into products. And it, the Matariki has influenced, um, I did a clothing collection that I uh, showed at New Zealand Fashion Week last year. I've done jewellery based around... Um, under Matariki. the name Nicola Tekiri? Yeah, under the name, or well, it's just Nicola. Oh, Nicola. Yeah, yeah. I took away my Tekiri because I, I want to keep that for me, not as a brand. So yeah, the stories, uh, that's one example of the stories that I use, but that's how I do my mahi. I do the research or I do the story and I tell the story through the product. Yeah. Wow, fantastic. And so where do you manufacture your stuff? At home? Yep. (laughs) Yeah, it's all done at home. I do have some sewers that live, um, you know, my mate, she lives down the road and I have a friend that comes over and helps me out. But yeah, all done at home. Is it hard in today's business climate to launch a business successfully or does it take time? I think it takes time but I know I see other businesses that like accelerate really fast and they're doing it and that's mean for them but for myself it has taken time and I've just um, yeah it's like a cycle make sell make sell make sell save make sell (laughs) so yeah for me it's taken a while. Highs and lows? Some of the highs of business is my first Probably my big major one was um, making products to people outside of my friend circle and outside of my whanau circle that really liked my product. That was like a major high. Probably my second one was when I could finish my day job and work fully in my business, which has been two years now. You know, when we talk about Māori jewellery design, there's actually quite a few Māori doing it at the moment. Hey, you can yeah. just kind of go online and just, you know, find. Um, I know that there's, a, you know, obviously there's stalls here at the festival. Yeah. Um, so what makes a key selling point or your, a uniqueness about your My your point jewelry? of difference. I used to say that my um, unique selling proposition or selling point is that I'm, I'm Māori, but like you said, there's a few Māori um, jewellers and designers out there. But I suppose it's the way I interpret um, the corridor that I want to say and the medium that I use. Yet we, there's a few of us that make jewellery, but my patterns and designs um, are different and the way I do things are different to the others. And I also think I'm different in that I make jewellery, clothing and lamps. People go, why lamps? <laughs> but I really love um, the idea of uh, light as a vessel. Okay, so with Nicola Tikiri in her uh, pop-up shop. This is a cave that I've been doing for a few years now. And as the years have gone over, I've tweaked it, changed it. Uh, and I wanted to talk to you, I suppose, about the pattern. Yes. On this, on it, it's got a, a tarnakal pattern that I did. And this tarnakal pattern was part of a bigger kākahu that I did for my sisters in their graduation. And because they said to me, oh, Nicola, can you make me a kōrua? And I said, well, I don't really have the time to do that, but are you open to something more contemporary? I said, yep. So I made them a grey blanket cape, nice. I suppose. Think. And to, do, to decorate it and to tell the whakapapa and the kōrero about them, I made um, a tāniko pattern. So this is part of that bigger picture. Nice. And this tāniko pattern is about, relates for me to papatūnuku, and also uh, makes references back to our tūhoi um, links or our whakapapa and, and our family as well. Uh, on it it's got a symbolic 
pattern representing a tafarangi. On there you'll see like the cards. The cards, yeah. the diamonds, spades, clubs, heart. Yep. Yeah. Those, because um, we, we play cards quite a lot as a whanau. We do it for dishes, we do it at, at gatherings. And it also um, kind of reflects back to Rua Kenana and his um, mihoro. There's also, and this one down here is about kind of the cycle of life being papatu and aku. Okay, and then your jewellery line. Uh, these earrings here I created around the star Puhutakawa. She's one of the nine stars of Matariki. And you look at it and it's gold and it's got like kuru shapes and stuff and you're like, how is that Puhutakawa? <laughs> <laughs> it comes again from a bigger picture. And what it was is that I made a symbolic kind of tree, the Puhutakawa tree. And this top part had all these um, these parts in it to represent the wairua of those that have passed on because she's the star that um, takes our, our dead, the wairua up to up north and then she goes on to the big and our, then our wairua go on to the bigger waka. She's really about death but she's also about life. And this is of course perspex, eh? Yep, so I like doing perspex, um, laser engraved and then cuts. I also like mixing up the multimedias. I went to America for my honeymoon and I just fell in love with LA and all the different mixtures of materials. So every year do you strive towards new product line or do you just see how the current stock goes? Not specific to events, um, but yeah, I do do uh, products, um, different products every year because I like to push myself. And I think you need to kind of keep evolving or else I don't want to kind of flatline and yeah. But I mean, in saying that, you do have products that people love, like my capes that I have inside my little shop here. Um, people love those, and I've changed them slightly over the years, but essentially they're still the same. And I also change things because I listen to people and what they want and their feedback. And, and it's really good to listen to your customer and know what they want and change what they don't want and what works and what doesn't work. How difficult or how has it been launching it to the masses? Have you been, have you had a marketing plan and all those business plan yep, sorts of things? Yeah, um, always had a, a business plan um, and have always had a marketing plan, but they're real fluid. So uh, when I first started out, it was really just marketing to my core kind of target market, which is Māori wahine aged, uh, aged 25 to 40. Now my marketing plan's changing and I'm reaching out into, I want to do a bit more research and development into the tourism market as well as the clothing market. So yeah, it shifts as you as your business grows, goes along, but um, I'm real goal orientated. So every year I make some goals, I've got a, like a 10, 20 year plan, but I just chip away at these yearly ones as I go along. Who have been some of those mentors for you in business? Um, my main one has been Kim Hill, and she works, uh, her company's called Strategy. She's been my go-to person, and she was through the Tipuni Kokiri business funding that you could get, a mentorship. Um, MWDI, Māori Women's Development oh, yes, Inc. Yes. Yeah, I was able to tap into one of their mentors, Natasha. But then there's also other things like my husband. He's, I wouldn't, I don't call him a mentor, but he's real different to me. He's my realist. It keeps it real. 
very real. <laughs> and and yeah. how real? Do you show him something or? Yeah, yeah. I'll say, oh, look, this is what I want to do, and he'll say, or well, how are you going to afford to do that? Have you thought about this? What happens if it? You know, he he thinks about those things. Sometimes I call him a wet blanket. But no, he's a realist. He keeps, he keeps me in check because I have we like I've got so many ideas and I'm, I can often go off real far. Plus another person that's been really good, like my whanau. and but uh, Tracy, my mate, she's the one that actually got me out of doing <laughs> making product and just having it sitting at home to putting it on Facebook and selling it. Nicola Tekiri. Kahurangi Taylor works as the business growth advisor at Waikato Innovation Park. She graduated from Massey University with a bachelor's degree in science and is studying towards a master's degree in business at Waikato University. In 2016, at just 23 years old, she was a recipient of the Vodafone Foundation World of Difference Award, worth $100,000. The money was invested in a program for young people in the Waiuku region, created by Kahurangi. A former youth health coordinator, Kahurangi represented Aotearoa at the Miss World Beauty Pageant in 2008. Now based in the Hamilton region, here she talks about her role and how they help Māori small business. Kia ora, I'm Kahurangi Taylor. I'm from Ngāti Teata, born and bred in Waiuku, so my marae is Tahuna Pā, and my role here at Waikato Innovation Park is a business growth advisor. Waikato Innovation seems to be quite, you know, all it is, a hub of um, a collection of businesses. So could you tell us more about um, what this facility is about? Yeah, so the park was um, established about 12 years ago. And the idea of the park was to build a cluster of science and innovation. So all of the, the businesses that are based in the park are focused on food and beverage, um, ICT, so tech companies, um, or agri, agri-tech, agri-business. Um, so it's a cluster of that type of business, and the um, companies that are based here, a lot of them are export-focused. They have extremely yes. high growth. Um, they, there's a high level of collaboration amongst the businesses that are based here. Um, so it's a real centre for excellence um, in terms of um, business growth um, and innovation for not just the region, but actually nationwide. It's, you know, it's really doing um, well. Yeah. We're a regional business partner, so we're one of you know, many throughout the region. I think there's 13 of us all up. So Waikato Innovation Parks, the Waikato region. Um, AT is the Auckland equivalent. Reader down further down south. Um, so those are the kind of business support, the regional business partners for those different regions. But then there's also Tipuni Kokiri that do Māori business support as well. So yeah, there's Māori Women's Development Inc. Um, they do stuff nationwide. Um, there is quite a lot happening in the Māori space. Mm. Yeah. Can you forecast any threats to Māori business? Any changes on a government level or any uh, social media? You know, people can just do a business basically on Facebook. Are there any of those kinds of challenges that Māori businesses face? Or are they more like things to help them with their business? Um, I think in terms of challenges, New Zealand is the easiest place to set up a business. Although there are some challenges, there are more enablers. Um, and it's just getting it right in terms of doing your homework, making sure that, you know, what you're doing is feasible. Because what I see a lot of is people jumping in, you know, jumping in, giving it a go, um, often not working out the 
pricing. You know, so right. the finance, financials is a huge challenge that I see is mm. um, people's understanding of um, how to make a profit. Is a business plan still important in this day and age when it comes to your mahi? People have to come to you with a business plan? <laughs> so a business plan is, is important, definitely, yeah. And we have run um, business panels on this to talk about the relevance of, of a business plan. Um, if you are looking to get funded by anyone, you're going to need a business plan. You know, People want to know that you have thought about everything to do with your business. Um, and that's what a business plan shows. So if you want to go to uh, Māori Women's Development Inc., for funding, if you want to go to the bank for funding, if you want to go to um, Potama Trust for funding, you have to have a business plan. Um, so if you don't think that a business plan is relevant for yourself, you have to think about how it's going to be relevant for others. Yeah, so I think it's important in that, in that respect um, to think about you know, how can you use a business plan for others as well as yourself. So we sit down with them, we have an initial conversation with each of the businesses, right. and then we sit down with them and go through, you know, what are the challenges in your business? You know, where do you want to get to? Because aspirations for businesses are huge. And then, and then we kind of plan out, okay, this is where you are, this is where you want to get to. What are the things that you think you need to get you to that next step. Mm. Do you come across any businesses, Kahurangi, where, the, like, for example, with Lee Tane, he has been making rungoa Māori for many, many years. Um, you know, that's uh, medicinal balms using kawakawa and the like. Have you come across many Fano like that who have been doing it for 10, 20 years and, and they're in that stages of taking the product from the kitchen basically to the market? Yeah, yeah, we do come across quite a few like that. Um, in not just skincare, but also in food products or um, yeah, other toys, you know, lots of things that people are making at home and then they get to the stage where they've got too many orders or, you know, it's just getting too much for them to make it all themselves so they need to go somewhere else. So often one of the biggest things that can be helpful in a coaching session is connecting to somewhere else. And that may be, um, you know, if you're making skincare at home, being connected to options for where you can get those made in factories whether in New Zealand or internationally mm. um, because often it's you don't know where to start you know you may be making your product at home and then you just think you know where do I actually go to get this thing made professionally <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right you know yeah, and yeah. what are all the hoops that I need to jump through to yeah. get the tick of approval for um, it might be a food safety plan or a food control plan or um, you know things along those lines to make sure that this product can go wider than the market that I'm already reaching so often that's a huge part of the, of the sessions that we run with, um, with businesses to, is to say, you know, this is how you need to scale up. You need to be making it in this type of a place, in this type of a factory with these professionals and do these types of tests so that you can get into different markets. Is there a sense of maintaining the integrity of the whānau and the product in terms of tikanga Māori and, not, and making sure that it doesn't get lost at all when you're talking about essentially making money or profiting? How is that work or depends on the business yeah yeah it really does depend on the business and um you know what what's important to them so there will be a lot of businesses that are okay with commercializing products and that's not necessarily a bad thing um but there are others that really hold true to um what they believe in and that's okay as well and and ensuring that you know they may not align with the particular investor or which I've seen before, you know, they may not want to use a place that doesn't have a fair trade tick of approval, um, things like that. Yes. You know, it's, 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 and it doesn't just apply to Māori businesses. I think it comes down to every 
individual business and what they believe in. Mm. Um, if you care about the environment and sustainability, then those things are going to be really important to you, you know, ensuring that a factory that you work with has fair trade practices you know, yes. and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, I think it really does come down to the individual business owners and what they, what they believe in and want to hold on to. Yeah. Kia ora, business growth advisor Kahurangi Taylor and earlier we heard from designer Nicola Tekiri. That's the show for another week. It's Haratua, Kuera Te Ingwa Māori Motemarama Nei or May. And this month also marks New Zealand Music Month. So we end this week's show with Del Rey System. Kuera Tōtato Wahanga o Tiahika, Kutastin Murray Aho, Modi Tu, Modi Ora. Spend your time Playing games in the street With the neighborhood regulars Playing till the sun dies Now you may not be so innocent And your heart still knows the way Got to let it go for a moment See that moment turn left of your stepfather's money tin running down to make change now you may not be so innocent but your heart still knows the way got to let it go for a moment let that moment turn
soul divide I won't be the parting What if I leave my world behind too soon Too soon. What would I get but I deserve to ride Somewhere down that line If you don't meet my soul divide If you don't meet mine